you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Single digits, not quite yet. We're 11 days away from Super Bowl 57, and the stage is uh, it's getting there. State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Beautiful blue skies. It's going to be a stunning backdrop for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. The two one seeds coming in from the AFC and the NFC. Super Bowl 57 kicks off Sunday, February 12th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Welcome inside. Good morning, football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live here in New York City. But our show is spread out a little bit today. It's Wednesday, first of the month in February. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty, Sean O'Hara, and then joining us live from Las Vegas is one Kyle Brandt. Good morning, Kyle. Hi, Jamie. Hi, everybody. Uh, I thought I was being flown here by the network to be part of the newly imagined Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon. But it turns out I'm just here so O'Hara could do swingers quotes all week. So we'll really enjoy that, guys. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm uh, right here on the balcony overlooking the beautiful Bellagio Fountains. And I might walk through the lobby at 3.45 a.m. this morning where you feel like you're walking through an actual zoo. Uh, I wanted to peek over to the sports book. I would never do that. But I wanted to see if maybe the Broncos Super Bowl odds have changed in the last 24 hours i didn't get to see maybe we'll find out that's the question isn't it kyle don't You're worry so sean is just all stopped up with movie quotes so yeah. we'll let him uh i love that i mean it looks like howie long over there he's yeah. got these big paws <laughs> there good. you go there you go all right kyle hang with us because we got a couple that's of right. topics as you radio shack here top of the lead block <laughs> <laughs> two big coaching hires yesterday uh D'Amico ryan's to houston and sean payton bum 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 to denver we're gonna dig into both of these right now we're gonna start with Sean Payton. Here are the details on the trade that went down with the Saints. Now, to keep in mind, Payton had years left on his deal, his contract with the New Orleans Saints. That's why it was never going to be a straight-up hire for Sean Payton. Wherever he go, a deal had to be made. He had to be given permission by the Saints to interview and meet with teams. He did so with the Broncos. Conversations went down a lot of different places, it sounds like, both in Denver and in Los Angeles. But the Broncos wasting no time to find proper wardrobe for their new hire. That's the visor. Well, I don't know if that's the visor, but it looks like one that he may be sporting next year on the sideline. Uh, big visor guy, Sean Payton is. So uh, we'll see if he gets a hoodie to rock as well. But those are his new colors. Sean Payton headed to Denver. Peter, you spent all of last season with Sean yeah. on a Fox pregame show. You guys were fantastic together. Thank you. But now he's with the Denver Broncos. What do you make of this move? Sean Payton in that visor. I'm picturing Kevin James in that movie for Netflix. <laughs> with that. Yeah. I need I need now the Sean Payton, Kevin James movie in Denver about how yep. this all went down. Payton went into this season with Fox with the expectation it was going to be a one-year situation, but if it had to be two years, fine. But he wanted to get back into coaching. He said that to anybody who asked. And this offseason, as it started, he couldn't interview with anybody until January 17th. So once that happened, things started to ramp up. He really enjoyed his meeting in Los Angeles, in Orange County, that he met with the Broncos ownership 
last Monday. So not this past Monday, the Monday before last Monday. And that included Greg Penner, the, the new owner who comes from the Walmart company and is now owning the Denver Broncos, but also Condoleezza Rice was in that room. Mm-hmm. George Payton, the GM, was in that room and several others of the Broncos Leadership Council. And he came away thinking, gosh, I, I love it. And, and the big takeaway that he had for for me and also some of the other people he's been talking to in his circle was that is a football town. That is a football franchise. They are starving for football greatness. And when you look at that Broncos logo, it's different than some of the other logos in the league. So he had this this feeling of, okay, if I'm going to scratch the itch, it's going to be with them. But then he met with the Cardinals. And he was blown away by the Cardinals. He said the Cardinals meeting was seven hours long and he loved meeting with them and they had a great meeting and everything. We get to this past Saturday and there's all these reports going around that there's no seats left at the table for Sean Payton. It might have to be going back to Fox. And we asked him on the Fox pregame show on Sunday. I said straight up to him, I said, coach, there are reports out there that you do not have a seat at the table and you will not be returning to coaching in 2023. He said, give it a few days. I'm not saying that. There are still several irons in the fire. There were, and this escalated quickly. The two things that were huge, to your point, Jamie, was they had to agree to trade terms. Now, the Saints, they were going to have different terms with the Carolina Panthers. They were going to have different terms with an NFC team than they might have had with the AFC team. How it all works out, a first, a second, and they have to give up a third, and they get Sean Payton. That that sounds like a great job by Mickey Loomis and the Saints, considering you wait another year, you might be getting a fourth or a fifth round pick. So they get this in exchange. They do get that first round pick, which which I think is huge. And that was from the San Francisco trade, of, uh, uh, which was the Miami trade of Bradley Chubb. So it's the Niners pick. So it's the end of the first round. And you also get second round pick. Back to Peyton, though. The, the issue was going to be the terms and all that, but also his compensation. And that hasn't been reported yet. We don't know exactly what that is. But the Broncos are going to have to write a very big check. This move to me shows that this organization is willing to write those big checks. They have the resources. We could break down what it means for Russell and all that stuff, but the thing that Peyton was taken away by, and it's such a small little detail, but something for you guys at home to to think about. They had a week 18 game that meant nothing against the Chargers, and Justin Herbert was on the field for a little bit, and the field wasn't up to snuff up in Denver. It wasn't good to go. It wasn't what they wanted. Ownership put in $400,000 to make sure a, a week 18 game field surface was right. And I remember just talking to him after that game and being like, that's the kind of commitment you like to see from a mm. team. They're committing that money to Sean Payton. And we could break it down whether he's got anything left in the tank and how it's going to be against Mahomes and Herbert and all that stuff. But the Broncos put their money where their mouths are. And they have new owners who were not worried about the check. And they certainly weren't worried about who's in their division. They are going all in and they're going with Sean Payton, who I think has good football coaching left in him, but only time will tell. Yeah, I think it's awesome that Sean Payton's going to be in Denver. I'm excited for Cliff Kingsbury to join you at the table at Fox as the mm. coach now <laughs> coming in, you know, another guy. So, But for Sean Payton, it's phenomenal. And I, you talked about Russell Wilson, and there's so many questions with their offense and his development. And I look at Sean Payton's track record. I mean, he was the head coach for the Saints for 15 years, and he was always in the top 10 when it came to points and when it came to yards. Out of those 15 seasons, it was only two seasons that he wasn't in the top 10 in yards and only three seasons that he wasn't in the top 10 in points so now the question marks come all right how does Russ fit in his offense this that and the third and I look at it as just look at his track record and yes Drew Brees was there but he found a way to be at the top of the NFL every single year in offense and when we look at the Denver Broncos their defense has been stacked the last two years they've been really good and last year follow suit as well so getting a guy like Sean Payton with his mind and his ability to draw plays and call plays in the right moment if you're a Denver Broncos fan you have to be fired up to get this guy we've been talking about it 
all since the postseason started, January 17th. Sean Payton, the most sought-after coach. And for the Broncos, you got your guy. And, yes, you had to give up some draft picks, and there's gonna, you're going to have to work around that. But he's there. He's in Denver, and he's excited there's to be no, there. There's no salary cap for coaches. It's not the fans' money. It's not like you're yeah. taking it. Like, they blew the doors away, and guess what? Yep. It's their money. Yep. Yeah, and for owners, it's basically like whatever I'm willing to take out of my right pocket to pay the coaches because mm-hmm. you're playing your players out of the left pocket. I, I think for Broncos fans right now, you've got to be ecstatic, right? For the next two weeks, all you're going to hear about is the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and it's your, one of your divisional rivals. And yet, here you are stealing the show right now because of Sean Payton. When Russell Wilson got traded to Denver, I mean, everybody was all on board with the Orange. And the Broncos were like, hey, we're in it to win it. This is this division is going to come down to Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes. And it didn't pan out that way. But I think now with Sean Payton, you get a very similar sense to when Payton was with New Orleans trying to rebuild a quarterback's career who was coming off a disastrous shoulder surgery in Drew Brees. Now a disastrous season for Russell Wilson. It's the same thing for Sean Payton. Look, I've been through this before. Oh, and guess what? You guys are almost exactly the same prototype. Look at the tail of the tape right here. These two fighters right here, these two quarterbacks, same height basically, 5'11", 5'12". I mean, same everything. The one thing that's not on there is Drew Brees. Five 5,000-yard seasons, not one MVP. Russell Wilson doesn't have an MVP. I know that's a banter for another day, but I look at what that is going to mean to Russell Wilson now as he looks at, look, this offense, the ball's coming out on rhythm, play action passing game. To your point about the play calling, what Sean Payton does and how he puts his quarterbacks and his offenses in a great position to succeed, it's unparalleled. And you know his first 15 scripted plays are, are always a must-watch every Monday morning because just seeing how he layers different things, protections, play action passes, I think we're going to get a great version of Russell Wilson, something mm-hmm. we didn't really see last year. Yeah, you, you needed the person to bring out the best in Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, Kyle always has really great commentary just regarding Russell Wilson and how he plays and lives. And is Sean Payton the right guy for Russell Wilson for the Broncos? Kyle Brandt, what do you think? Yeah, we're gonna find we're gonna find out fast. Let's cut to the chase here, guys. Is Russell Wilson any good? Is he gonna play well? This that we can throw a parade for Sean Payton, and I will throw a parade for Sean Payton and put it on a master class in the power of being single and the allure of being wanted. We see it all the time. John Gruden used to do it for years. Jim Harbaugh does it every year. Somehow in the last calendar year, Sean Payton has become some sort of combination of Tom Landry and Don Shula and Bill Walsh. And like guys, Sean Payton has the same resume as Mike McCarthy. You can hold them side by side and all the great greatest hits are there, and yet Mike McCarthy is a punching bag, and Sean Payton became God's gift to coach over the last year. I like Coach Payton. Of course I do. He's a likable guy. He's a likable coach with some great results, but you're going to go win a Super Bowl now with Denver because that's the expectation for what they paid draft-wise and what they're doing to get the quarterback and the coach. Win a Super Bowl, and that's if you can get through probably the most talented AFC of this generation, and that's if you can get through probably the best division in the league, and that's if you can do it with, at best, the third-best quarterback in that division. So it's exciting. It is a jolt of electricity. I think it's a little bit overhyped, and I think the entire media is crying tears of joy that Sean Payton's going to bring his next dynamite to Denver, but there's a lot of work to be done in a very difficult setting. We'll see what Rush shows up with next year. Yeah, Kyle, I think you're right. He's a great coach, but sometimes wanting what you can't have. Just for that one year away from the game, it made fans and football just want Sean Payton back in the game even more. Let's move on to the next move from yesterday. The Texans landed their most wanted head coach, and that coach is thrilled. The selfie, actually, that's on the Texans Twitter account is fantastic. It's like all teeth out of D'Amico Ryans. He is so happy saying it's his dream job and that his family is thrilled to be back in Houston. That's because D'Amico Ryan's 
course, he was drafted by the Texans in 2006, and now he takes charge of this team in 2023. This man turned this defense with 49ers into an absolute spectacle across the NFL, wrecking shop every team that they played against. He is a brilliant defensive mastermind, Jason, but the hiring as a whole, now he gets to run an entire team himself. What do you think about this pick? I think everybody in every NFL circle is excited about this. I mean, you look at Houston over the past few years, it seems like forever ago that they were playing in that divisional game against the Kansas City Chiefs and they're up 24 to zip in the second quarter. And since then, Bill O'Brien was fired. You traded uh, Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. Then you had Cully. Then you had Lovey Smith. And now all of a sudden, it's just like, all right, we have our guy. D'Amico Ryan is a guy, is a Houston Texans drafted there. And now he's a bona fide leader. <laughs> and he's a guy that's had results as we watch his defenses perform in San Francisco. I've been a part of organizations where it's like a revolving door of the head coach. It's hard to figure out what the expectations are and who you are as a team identity-wise. They have just secured that with the hire of D'Amico Ryans. He's a former player. He's a guy that was a captain while he was playing that everybody looks up to. Now he walks in the building. He commands the respect and the attention of every single player and employee in the Houston Texans franchise. I think he's the guy that they have to say, hey, you know what? He's our future. Are there question marks of who's the quarterback going to be and all of those different things? Of course. But now that you have a leader, you have somebody at the helm that you can trust and get everybody moving in the same path, in the same direction at once, now you can start to build on those things and move forward. It's interesting. He's a defensive coordinator. Now the rest of the league seems to be shifting to offense, offense, offense. The Texans are like, just give us the greatest leader we can get to stabilize this thing. And I don't think you find a better leader in NFL coaching circles than D'Amico Ryans right now. To your point, 38 years old, former player. He's only been coaching for six years. Meteoric rise up that org chart in San Francisco. But when he got to Houston in 2006. He was a second round pick. He was second in the league in tackles. He was defensive player of the year as far as rookies go and he's got the record for most tackles ever by a rookie and then he became the captain and it was like he is the Houston Texans in a lot of ways. To your point though, if you're hiring a defensive coordinator in today's passing NFL and all I'm fascinated to see who the offensive coordinator hire is because it matters so much. Let's assume they take a quarterback in the first round. Let's say it's Bryce Young. Let's say it's Will Levis. D'Amico Ryans does not coach offense. So to me, this is a huge hire for Houston. It's great. He's going to get this thing stabilized. He's got a six-year deal, which is like, if you're a Texans fan, like, all right, we've got our guy. We got... But the almost 1A is who's the offensive coordinator, who's the, quarter, who's the quarterback going to be? Because when you're in that AFC, you're facing Trevor Lawrence twice a year, but you're also going to be facing Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, your old guy Watson, Herbert, and so on and so forth. So to me, Houston, blank slate of a roster, blank slate of a franchise at this point. Great hire in D'Amico Ryans, but can't be done yet. Love the hire, and I love the point you just made about the offensive coordinator. Because guess who the defensive coordinator for the Niners was before D'Amico? Sala. Robert Sala. Guess who just fired his offensive coordinator or, or amicably parted ways and now is looking, you know, need, needed a new one. So, yeah, he's got to fix the offense. I'm so excited for H-Town, for D'Amico. I, I can't remember last time we, we were talking this gushingly about the Houston Texans. I feel like we avoided talking about the Houston Texans because it, it just felt like there was a dark cloud over them. And this, uh, the sun is out. I mean, the, the clouds are gone. Pigpen is no longer there. It's not falling around. D'Amico Ryans and his electric smile are lighting up the city of Houston right now, and all Texas fans are beaming. But here's the only catch. Guess what, D'Amico? you got a lot of work to do. D'Amico, you got to fix this defense. Can we just take a look at what he's going from right now with the 49ers compared to what he's inheriting with this Houston Texans defense? Brian Billick, a good friend of mine and a former colleague on this network, used to say that things they hire you for are the things they fire you for. <laughs> They're hiring Miko to fix this defense. Look at what he did in San Francisco. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the 77 yards per game allowed on the ground. 
He inherits the worst rush defense possibly in the history of the NFL. I think we've talked about it here at this breakfast table about how awful they were. 25 t- rushing touchdowns allowed. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable when you think about how bad this defense was. And yet, D'Amico Ryan, you just mentioned, you know, defensive player of the year. I played against him, one of the smartest linebackers I ever played against. And, and he would hit you with a smile. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody disliked D'Amico Ryan, even on the other side of him. He was just an unbelievable personality. But he's got a monumental task in trying to take over this Texas defense and flip the script. There's a lot of great uh, top five talents in the NFL draft this year. I, don't, I think the Texans have so many problems to fix that they could go any direction they want, and he it would be a, the, the right fix for the Texans. Kyle, to Sean's point, we have kind of looked at the Texans over the last couple of years and thought like, oh man, what can they do right at this point? To you, does this feel like the best direction that this team could go in, let's say, for the next six years with this head coach? Well, I like hearing the word at the table. It doesn't come up a lot when we talk about head coaches, and I think it's intriguing this in the AFC South, which is a really enigmatic division. I love it, and I'm excited about it because I like the fire and I like the energy. I have to say, as a skeptic, I'm always a little wary of the hiring the beloved player from your franchise's past to be the head coach. It just seems a little cutesy to me if they played any role in it. The, the history of it is interesting. You know, Art Shell, good. Mike Dick, great. Mike Munchak, not great. How does D'Amico Ryans fit into that fraternity? I just want the best person. I don't care if they never played football or if they're a first ballot guy for your franchise. AFC South, interesting. I also have to say I love that we started the show today, Jamie, and Peter has a wealth of information about Sean Payton, and he began our first block with a Paul Blart reference. That's good morning football, guys, no matter where you do it from. Mm-hmm. Very well-rounded here at the table. The home team. First thing we out of his mouth. appreciate you. All right. Yep, exactly. We're going to keep talking these hires and how they affect not only their teams, but uh, the NFL as a whole here on Good Morning Football still to come as well. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts will make history as the first black quarterbacks to face off in a Super Bowl. Jason's going to tell us a little bit more of that as we kick off Black History Month in February. Plus, let the Super Bowl hype begin. Who are we most excited to see take the field in Arizona? Whiteboard Wednesday is next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Today is February 1st, the beginning of Black History Month. And next Sunday, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts will write their own trailblazing chapter by becoming the first black quarterbacks to face off in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 will be the 10th Super Bowl to feature at least one black starting quarterback. And while the list of these starters isn't exactly lengthy, it's not long, we would like it to be a lot longer as both proud and a historic group of men who serve as the cornerstones of black excellence in football. In 1988, a full 21 years after the first Super Bowl, Doug Williams becomes the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And not only does Washington prevail over Denver in that game, but also Williams is announced as an MVP for his performance. But even after Doug would do it, it would take another 12 years for another black quarterback to appear on the big stage. 
That honor belonged to Steve McNair, whose Tennessee Titans reached Super Bowl 34, but lost a heartbreaker to the Rams and the greatest show on turf. Like Steve, both Donovan McNabb and Colin Kaepernick will go on to start Super Bowls, and both of those teams fell short. It wasn't until Russell Wilson in Super Bowl 48, 26 years after Doug Williams' win, where we'd have another black quarterback starting and winning the big game. Russ would go on to reach another Super Bowl, but losing that one. And then Cam Newton would follow suit on center stage and foreshort as well. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes became the third starting quarterback to play in the Super Bowl and win with the Kansas City Chiefs when he defeated the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. January 15, 1967, the first ever Super Bowl was played in LA with the Green Bay Packers walking away victorious. Now February 12, 2023 will mark a new milestone for the NFL. Mahomes will be making his third Super Bowl appearance against Jalen Hurts, making his debut on the center stage. The first ever Super Bowl featuring two black starting quarterbacks. After that game, I'll be looking forward to the lasting image of our fourth starting black quarterback winning, standing at midfield, smiling ear to ear with his arm around his father, knowing that they just made a huge stamp in NFL history. Looking forward to it. Guys, start of Black History Month, two starting quarterbacks. What do you think? Jason, it must be um, an incredible point of pride, and I think we heard it in, from Patrick at the start of that segment where, to your point, it's not just like, oh, now 10 years later we have it. The frequency is improving, yeah. which um, it sounds like not only the fact that it is the first time we see two black quarterbacks, but just knowing that it's starting to happen more and more and how important the parallel is to representation in such a position of prominence in the NFL. No doubt about it. And I think even better than that, is who the two guys are. Yeah. We have Jalen Hurts and what he represents and Patrick Mahomes, what he represents. And then both of these guys, you look at their journey and their paths and the importance of their father, Patrick Mahomes Sr., talking about having his son at games. And then we know with Jalen Hurts growing up with his dad as a coach. I heard Ryan Clark talk about it. Mm -hmm. So much in the media is portrayed about these different athletes and father being absent and the breakdown of their family. And now we have these two guys on the biggest stage in our game. And both of their fathers would be there has such a huge impact on their sons being in this yeah, It's interesting, too, because there's this coaching conversation of how do we get the coaches to, to have more representation. And mm -hmm. the quarterback coach in Philly is Brian Johnson, African-American quarterback coach, former player at Utah. The offensive yeah. coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs is Eric Bieniemy, So they're coached by black men as well. And that's on the offensive side of the ball, which is something that is a great issue in league circles as to how we promote those jobs. But let's say that these two young men are there, but they're also their coaches in their ears. They also represent something as well. And we heard Jamal Williams yesterday talk about the fact that his running back coach, yeah. Drew Staley, has helped him because he's gone through it. He's a black man in that role and his guy to him. Yeah, this is so cool from, from so many levels, but I think one of the greatest parts about being an NFL player is the impact you have with kids. Mm. And so for kids to be able to watch the Super Bowl and to aspire to, to do that, hey, I want to be a quarterback. You know, there are no limits. And I think that's what's great about Mahomes and what Jalen Hurts. Look, Doug Williams was the pioneer being yeah. the first to do it. And now for the youth to be able to see that and say, hey, you know what? I want to play quarterback. I want to go do that. You know what? You can do that. And I think it's great to, for, for these young kids to have this kind of a vision and to see it in existence and then to know, you know what? I can do that too. I love that you said that. Tony Dungy grew up watching Jimmy Ray, mm. who was a quarterback at Michigan State. 
in a time where black guys didn't play quarterback. Jimmy Ray never got an opportunity to play in the NFL, but when Dungy saw Jimmy Ray as a kid, mm-hmm. he knew that he could become a quarterback. He would go on to play DB in the league, but still went to Minnesota and was coached actually by the guy that recruited Jimmy Ray to Michigan State. That's mm-hmm. cool, Jason. Hey, thanks for kicking off Black History Month. We appreciate Indeed. that. That's important to the table there. Uh, it's time for Whiteboard Wednesday. Uh, let's just jump right into it. We don't have a lot of time. When asked about facing his former team in Super Bowl 57, Andy Reid said, you try to blank out all the hype that goes with this game. The player, though, let's get to the opposite way, that you want to hype up instead ahead of Super Bowl 57 is. Andy Reid's trying to blank you out, but Peter said, I would like this person to be hyped. Yeah, the Eagles' run game has been unstoppable, and if we go back to September, I could have picked any player in the league as, as a breakout player for, on defense. Any player. And I came on this very show and very boldly with a serious face said the following. Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton as my number two player on this list. Nick Bolton came on real strong last year, but this year is the year I think he makes it where it's like, oh, Nick Bolton's one of the best linebackers in the Uh entire sport because that's the leap. I don't know if he's made that leap, honestly. I think he's had a great season and they're in the Super Bowl. I don't know if anyone at home considers Nick Bolton a household name. Willie Gay had better moments in this thing and they're a tandem. I'd like to see Nick Bolton come out there and be the Fred Warner type in this game. Be the guy that everyone's talking about afterwards and saying, wow, Nick Bolton is one of those elite guys. I'm going to hype up Nick Bolton. I did it in September. I think he's a second-year player who is outstanding at linebacker. He wears that jersey, number 32. I think you're going to be hearing his name a lot, especially with the way that Jalen Hurts moves and the way that run game gets to the next level. I like that. Nick Bolton, I remember you were rocking the jersey. No doubt about it. It's time, right? He's made plays, but it's different. Consistency. I'm going to go with another Kansas City Chief, and I'm going to go with one of my former teammates, my guy Joe Tooney. I refer to him as Duffel Bag Joe because when he got to Kansas City, they gave him the double bag with all the cash in it. This guy, only player in NFL history, first three seasons in the NFL, he was playing in the Super Bowl. This week, these 12 days leading up to the big game, all we're going to be talking about is the Philadelphia Eagles and their defensive front. I got to hype up my guy, Toons. Hey, you're a guy on that offensive line with a ton of experience. You've been in this moment. You've been in this game numerous times. Lead that group, step up, take on the challenge, and I'm excited to see him compete against that front for the Philadelphia Eagles because they're going to have to have a good game if they want to win. Yeah, he's got his hands full with Javon uh, Hargrave. Yep. He's been a beast right now. Uh, I'm going to stick with that Eagles pass rush. I'm going to go Hassan Reddick. Mm. Give me my boy Temple Tough, right? For those of you that don't know the story about Hassan Reddick, he walked on at Temple, all right? Non-scholarship <laughs> kid. He actually was a safety down in Temple. They ended up moving him at linebacker, maybe a little defensive end, and he drafted by the Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers, found a home in Philadelphia. And I'll tell you right now, Eagles fans, they're already saying Hassan Reddick might be one of the all-time greatest free agent signings in Eagles history. So, look, he's, he's got one more game, I think, that he wants to put an exclamation point on that. But when you look at what he did all season long, look, he's got 19 and a half sacks if you include the playoffs. But he led the league in forced fumbles during the regular season, and that continued in the postseason. So, I don't think he has enough hype yet. We got two weeks to continue to pump those tires up. I'm really looking forward to the pass rush in this game. Um, Chris Jones has been playing unbelievably. Mm-hmm. That's an unfortunate assignment for um, Lane yeah. Johnson, who admittedly said after that game on Sunday that he pretty much played on one leg. This man is playing through a torn adductor in his groin. He was quoted saying, when the doctor told me that hockey players play through this injury, and then he heard that Saints defensive end Cam Jordan played through this injury, he's like, well, damn, now I got to go play through this injury. He did so uh, with a star because he had to hold off Nick Bosa. Hasn't allowed a sack 
in like 30 straight games on his side of the ball. He played heroically on Sunday. People are starting to take notice. Lane, you got like 12 days to figure it out. Rest that one leg and then tape it up or something, man, because you got Chris Jones coming after you. So I'm sorry, but we're going to have to just go. Just get both legs back. There you okay? go. Just, there you just go. Lane Johnson, you got this. Uh, get it, LJ. Exactly. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, we're back on Good Morning Football. Breaking news across the NFL. Tom Brady has released a video announcing his retirement from the NFL. 23 years in the league, a seven-time Super Bowl champion is stepping away. Uh, Tom Brady tweeted the following video out. We want you to take a listen firsthand. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record let you guys know first so I uh, won't be long-winded like you only get one super emotional retirement essay and I used mine up last year so uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors uh, I could go on forever there's too many thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream I wouldn't change a thing love you all a succinct, important message from Tom Brady as he announces his retirement from the NFL with a selfie video on the beach, wherever he is, and uh, saying that's it. After playing in the league for as long as he did, the 2000 NFL draft entered as the final 199th pick, excuse me, seven Super Bowls later, and he is retiring. Jason, you played with him. You know him. What'd you think? Oh, man. Like, you watch that video, and it's kind of like sad. You, Brady, he seems emotional as he's making that video, and... He's been just great for so long, uh, honored that I got a chance, obviously, to share the locker room with him, but you're also kind of happy for him. Uh, you go through a long career, 23 years in the NFL, the adversities, the ups and downs. Obviously, we watched him on the field this year, and he's talked about his personal life and the things that he's gone through this season. So to know that all right, he's walking away, he's embarking on a new journey post-football, but, man, he was so good for so long. And as just a football fan... We all were talking about it as soon as the season ended. Where's Brady going to be next year? Is he going back to Tampa? He can go back to he can go back home and play for San Francisco. And he's like, no, like, I'm riding off into the sunset. I'm going to go enjoy life. I've been a pro's pro for 23 years. I don't know if there's a player that's prepared and put so much into the game that Brady has, the way he works on his body, his mind of preparing each and every week, the way he held his teammates and organizations accountable. Uh, sad to see Brady leaving the game, but extremely happy for him, knowing that, hey, this year, it was just a video. I had no production, no anything, just me talking to the fans, me talking to my family, friends, and it's just me. And I think you enjoy that because this guy is a bona fide superstar. And the fact that, like any of us who take a selfie picture or a selfie video to send to somebody, he just sat there on the beach 
wind blowing and said, I'm retiring, I'm leaving the game, and thanked us. But as Noah's, Tom, thank you for what you've given us for 23 years. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a lot of this. Um, first of all, it is real. If anyone's wondering if it's real, if the news is real, I've reached out to multiple people in Brady's world, and yes, it's confirmed he is retiring. How about the way it was delivered? That's what I'll go with here. Brady is the greatest player to ever play, and that was as perfect, I think, as kiss of like retirement that this is how it was supposed to be done not last year with the will he or won't he okay there's someone had a scoop and then it was denied and then actually it's real and then this was how it should be done there was no prepared statement there was no montage video it was brady at his rawest and most authentic form sitting there which looks like in the morning it could be today could have recorded this yesterday we don't know when but he just sat there and he looked into a camera and thanked people he wanted to thank there was no pre-written statement there was no funny gag with Lily Tomlin or you know, Rita Moreno coming in to promote a movie. This is real. Uh, Brady's retiring and does it now as opposed to doing it in mid-February or early March. Does it now, gets it out of the way. It's not gonna hold up any team's plans. Brady is retiring and I appreciate the way the news was delivered from him, raw and honest and not some polished marketing campaign or some scoop from you know one reporter versus another. Mm. Brady breaks the news, and it's authentic. Yeah, it's kind of like the Tom Brady we've gotten all season long, right? Unfiltered. Like, we've seen him mm. at his best. We've seen him at his worst. We've seen him grouchy, you know, grumpy. And I think this this emotion definitely endears you. If you already didn't love Tom Brady as a player and as a person, like, to hear the emotion in his voice when he says, I'm done for good, like that to me is so much more significant than the post, the, you know, the texts. People are going to read that in their own uh, voices, they're going to hear it th their own way. But like, like you mentioned, he's, it's in the morning. I woke up today, and this is where I'm at. The hardest thing I think in any sport to do is to walk away when you still know you can do it. Like when you're hurt, when you're broken, when the team doesn't want you, and then it's like, all right, that's it. I'm at the end of the rope. Like, I get it. I, I think that's easy. But to walk away on your own. Think about this. Tom Brady led the league in passing attempts this year. <laughs> this was not a guy that was throwing the ball 18 times a game and it was just you know, hanging by a thread. He threw more passes than any quarterback in the, in the league. So he, he can still do it. He can still play it at, at a high level. But congratulations, you, you, Tom, on a wonderful career. You'll always be compared to the GOATs, right, the Jordans, and how fitting that on the uh, your 23rd season in the NFL, you retire in 2023. You're forever linked to Jordan with the numbers. I, I can't help but go back to this season, guys, and I, I felt like every time I watched the Bucks play this year, I could hear James Earl Jones, like, ease his pain. Like... <laughs> I just felt like it was it was that type of year. Nothing yeah. could go wrong. And for him, I'm, I'm happy for the next life. I mean, I don't think he's going to be sitting on the couch. We already know what he's going to be doing on Sundays. But, you know, I'm happy for him because the afterlife of football is just as good as the football life itself. Well, it's been reported that he has a, a seat at the table or at a desk with Fox Sports. And we'll see how that transpires. I think today is not a day to say, like, oh, we can't wait to see him on a Fox broadcast next year. I think today is a day to acknowledge just, like, the greatest compliment I think one can be paid, especially in your professional world, is, like, if you set a standard, that means you are at the top of your craft. You are at the highest of the game. And that man set a standard, I think, not only for quarterbacks in the NFL, but for players, for teammates, for guys that were around him. I have not come across a single coach or player or anyone in an organization, member of the media, that I've ever been around where they have said, like, Tom's great, but <laughs> there's never really a but. Like, yeah. he's just great. He is a great person to be around. He leads by example and with his words and with his actions, with his play. He is the standard. I, I didn't really hear the goat thing a lot. 
until Tom Brady became it. And then we kind of started adding other people to the list. And I kind of hope it goes away now because like there is a very small, what should be a very small list of people that should be on that. And we should call them that animal. And we're not going to do it anymore. I think Tom Brady is it. He set a standard in this league that I think we'll all appreciate for a very, very long time. So on this day of his official retirement, where Tom Brady is done after 23 years, just appreciate what we had for the last 23 years because it's been mm. awesome, awesome to watch. Well said. Kyle Brandt, you were in Las Vegas. My man, I kind of wish yep. you were here today making it five at the table to talk about this. this is what were the odds on this, news. Kyle? <laughs> incredible news to learn today. What is your immediate reaction? Yeah. <laughs> My immediate reaction is I love the video. I echo a lot of what you guys said. I love that it was lo-fi. I love that it was blunt. I love that it has a tone of self-awareness in it. He knows that people are going to be skeptical. He made sure to say for good. It seemed to me like a one-take deal. He didn't sit there and do it all over and over, there was, there was nothing that rang artificial about that. I'm thrilled for Tom Brady. Dude, go, just, just go. You don't owe anything to anyone, to yourself, to the game, to the league, to us. Just get out of here, man. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to play until you're 46 and 40 and 50. Go be with your kids, go hug your kids. Go spend some money. Go put on 10 pounds, go put on 50 pounds. You have been the greatest ever for a decade already. I'm thrilled for him. Go be a normal human being and a normal dad. You deserve it. And personally, look, guys, I don't know if I'm jet lagged or something in the air in Vegas. I got a little lump in my throat watching that video. This means something to me. This means something to all of us. This is history we're witnessing right now. Tom Brady's the only NFL player who's older than me. That's over now. I remember what I was doing in my life when Tom Brady's career started. I remember where I was for each of the Super Bowls he played in. I remember where I was in my 20s and my 30s. I, I feel like I grew up with Tom Brady. It feels like one of my favorite bands decided to stop playing or one of my favorite lead singers passed away. Love the video, thrilled for him, sad for us. It's the end of an era. And that's always really, really nostalgic. But i um, very, very pleased that Tom Brady can just say what they say, which is my watch has ended. You're so right, Kyle. Yeah, the video, uh, while the news and the facts of the video are kind of earth-shattering on an NFL scale. Mm -hmm. His emotion behind it, bringing in everything that we have all watched transpired. We're not even in his life, in his circle, mm -hmm. but from the outsider's perspective, to watch everything that man went through over the last year, from a year ago today when he retired the first time to today when he is retiring for good, a lot has gone down personally, professionally, so you could feel that, I think, in that 30-second video, which was important to hear from Tom Brady himself. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport is joining us now. Rap Sheet, the news, it's been confirmed. Uh, Tom Brady retiring. Rap Sheet, what do you know? First of all, this is something where the Bucks were just finding out this morning that Tom Brady was set to retire. Kept this real quiet. My understanding is much more family consideration than anything else. I know we do football, so we're like, can he still do it? Where's his skill level? Is this going to be something where, you know, the 49ers or the Raiders or the Titans are going to still want him as a football player. This was more family. Uh, I know his, uh, his children are moving to the Florida, to somewhere in Florida, I believe the Miami area. I know he wanted to be around them and stay around them. And there really were some questions of, okay, well, if he goes across the country or in the middle of the country or somewhere else to play football, since obviously it wasn't going to be for the Miami Dolphins, how could he actually do it and stay close to the people he wants to stay close with, which of course is his kids. So now for the second off season in a row, Tom Brady steps away. I wouldn't consider this a major surprise, but I would say it's a mild surprise because I know there are some teams, I'm here in Mobile, as you mentioned, uh, there's some teams that were discussing possibly having Tom Brady being their quarterback and now obviously not going to happen. So that's, that is the Brady part. That is the personal part. Brady steps away wanting to kind of adhere to the family considerations that are first and foremost in his life at 45 years old, kind of as he had always planned, but maybe not exactly the way that he had planned. 
and then there's the football part of it, which is there's now one fewer free agent quarterback. The greatest of all time is not going to be on free agency. We thought that he wasn't going back to the Bucks. Now he's not going to anyone. So many more teams now will have to alter their boards and figure out who is going to be their quarterback with Tom Brady. Not it. Ian Rapport, we appreciate you because we know you had your kind of Mobile, Alabama brain into gear and then Tom Brady totally threw you for your loop. We appreciate you hopping on. I know you're going to join us in a little bit as more stuff comes out about this announcement here on Good Morning Football. To Peter's point, and then Ian mentioned it, I think highly respectful for Brady to kind of do this in this calendar date in the NFL offseason because a lot of teams and media in particular photoshopping jerseys onto any free agent quarterback. Brady in particular is kind of a fun exercise, but to know he is off the radar, I would think is extremely helpful to 31 other teams. Can, can I make a quick point why this is, he's so brilliant. So he was at a movie premiere last night yeah. for his movie 80 for Brady. Every single photo, Google image, AP photo, Getty image, will be him looking wonderful on the red carpet last yeah. night. He just nailed this thing to perfection. This is not going to be anything that's not planned. Brady has nailed this timing. Logistics, we always talk about it. Yep. Brady nailed the logistics. On or he the was on the red carpet last night, Peter, and he was like, you know, this is kind of fun. If I don't have to wake up next year for practice every day, that'd be I too. And like, there he is on the beach. Let's roll into retirement, everybody. Maybe he slept on the beach. Tom Brady. Tom Brady with his feet in the sand is is headed into retirement. We're going to have more on that here on Good Morning Football. Hang with us. Breaking news here on the NFL. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.